Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Purpose, Passion, and Coffee. And this is your host, Christian J. Lynch, speaking. Thank you so much for tuning in today's episode. Know your purpose, pursue your passion, and just like a good cup of coffee, enjoy the process. Oh, wait, and before I forget, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. That would mean a lot to me. Let's get it. All right, welcome to this episode, guys. Super excited, as always, another special guest. And, um, uh, able to to find um, this person through Clubhouse. It's a new app and actually made a decent amount of connections. So if you're in the business world, whether you're younger or older, I think Clubhouse is one of the um, best ways to connect. It's a it's an app over just talking with over audio. So it's almost like a podcast, but live. So it really gives you like a in touch basis. And uh, I was able to find um, this person over Clubhouse. And I want to introduce you guys to her. Um, Carrie, how are you doing today? Good. Thank you. Yeah. Super excited to have you on the podcast, and um, I think you're going to be able to to bring a lot to the audience. Um, you know, I call it purpose, passion, and coffee. I love I love coffee. So I was going to ask, are you a coffee drinker? Or are you not a coffee drinker? I am, and I was worried I'm drinking it during the podcast on feedback because it's iced coffee in a, the tin cup or whatever it's called, in the aluminum <laughs> cup. So I uh, I like I used to add all the crap in there, the milk and sugar, and then I discovered like a flavored iced coffee and now yeah. I'm hooked. So yeah. What, what <laughs> I brand? brew it myself. It's like, it's like, it's like from the grocery, it's like H-E-B here in Texas, we have H-E-B and it's like Texas pecan flavored cold brew. Oh, wow. you put this pouch into just a pitcher of water and then overnight it brews and it's ready in the morning. So I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. That sounds really good and very convenient, convenient too. I've heard of H-E-B, but we don't, we don't have one here in uh, Kansas city cause you're in Texas. So you already mm-hmm. said that. And- yeah. But yeah, if you real quick, so just to give um, um, the audience a quick background of maybe your story into the business world, I think it's always something interesting. Um, you have your own wine business, which is cool. I'm not much of a wine drinker, um, so I um, respect everyone who's able to taste the wine and like it. Um, and uh, but yeah, you have that, and you have your social media marketing where you're helping starting to get into that to, to grow their businesses, which is great. 2021, it's changed the game for a lot of people. You know, you can kind of do whatever you want. You, obviously, you have to be hardworking, disciplined, educate yourself. But if you put your mind to it and add all, add all those things to it, you can really pursue what you love. And also, more importantly, what I think you believe in too is helping other people to grow. Um, but yeah, I'd love to, for you to kind of just kind of share the audience and your background of having your own wine business and to where you're at right now. Yeah. So, you know, maybe a lot of your listeners may not relate to me. I'm older, I'm late thirties and I got kids, but let me just, I'll give you some, you know, some of my experience and some of it may resonate with a bunch of you, but, um, I, you know, essentially I went to school, I went to college, came out of that. I tried to get into the corporate world, failed miserably. I had like a liberal arts degree, um, minor in Spanish, international studies. Um, I really, I went back to school for uh, government and public service. Um, and I legit wanted to be like an assassin, like a spy. <laughs> so <laughs> That's funny. I, uh, I even took like the CIA, uh, the CIA brain bench test and uh, didn't get in. But I And then I read a bunch of books and I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, fluent in Spanish. I'm like, okay. And my father is a, a brain surgeon and my grandfather is a, wow. was a rocket scientist. So I'm like, I have something big in store for me. Right. Yeah. Oh, you have didn't to, become a sure. doctor, didn't become a lawyer. Yeah, I thought I was going to yeah. go to law school. I was like, okay, I got to do something like like my dad, like my grandpa, right? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I, I basically was like, 
I had to get a job because now I'm living back home with my parents. And so I'm like, uh, all right, well, just, I'll just find like a headhunter person. And essentially I took a job just to make money, which was a administrative assistant, which is basically a glorified secretary. And I'm like, mm. oh my gosh, I have a college degree and now I'm a secretary. <laughs> and so yeah. nothing wrong with that, but I just, I, it was really just, it was really hard. And, um, so I kind of jumped around being an assistant for a while and it was, it was really hard because the women were more competitive. The men were typically wanting to like help, you know, help me learn a new trade or get into something. I really wanted to get into marketing and stuff. And it was just hard to move up. And so then um, I ended up, um, I got married. Um, I had, was um, wanted to have kiddos and all that, but I ended up getting into teaching. And so I taught elementary school, loved it, had kids. It didn't pay enough to like put my kids into, um, you know, both my kids in a school teaching doesn't pay much. And mm -hmm. so um, I try to start my own businesses. So I started a food business and that's really tough because a lot of the, um, you know, the, the overhead, the costs and everything. Um, and it, it ended up transitioning, um, as a long story short, um, into, I had a business where I was doing, um, a, a friend, a family friend taught me about the food styling world and how you can work with photographers and make basically make, it's like hair and makeup for food. Yeah, <laughs> so it was really yeah, fun. Like sure. when you look at billboards and menus. And so I, I was really into that for a bit. And then, um, the main photographer I worked with moved away after a huge hurricane hit my city in Houston. Hmm. We had hurricane Harvey in 2017. And all the while I had been learning to use, especially in the food business, uh, social media, Instagram, um, Facebook, all that for, um, really growing my business. And a, a lot of people were doing it, but like, um, on this, like, high-end level or you know big photographer like they weren't just using their cell phones and doing you know it was like a lot more curated or or they were still using it just to be social and not mm -hmm. for work right and so I learned that through social media I could really pick up my business um and then I had also at a, a time done like direct sales which was another kind of how am I going to make money? Like when I don't make that much money, but I have kids, you know, like yeah, there's a lot going like, on go right now. Yeah. Work. Yeah. And so there are a lot of people out there who are trying to make money or a lot of moms, especially who are trying to make money from home because it costs more if you didn't have this professional career um, that paid a lot of money to put your kids in daycare. And my mm -hmm. husband was like getting further education, um, getting his business degree. So long story short as well, like I got really involved with this hurricane hit my city because I learned that how I used it with social media business, I could also use it to help people. And so what happened was that the waters started rising in our city, like crazy. Like it wasn't, you know, you see a hurricane coming in the Gulf. Well, the hurricane, the winds and all that wasn't what affected our city. It was that with the water, with the, the waters kept rising and it was a major flood event, the, the rain just stayed and stayed. And so I had people two neighborhoods over, our neighborhood was fine, like our homes didn't flood, but we couldn't get out of our streets. But we, I kept seeing in my neighborhood groups on Facebook, um, this guy, he put up a picture, he had this big military vehicle. He's like, I'm here to help. Anybody needs help in their homes, uh, getting out of their homes, getting rescued. And there was like hundreds and hundreds of comments. Like we're trapped. We need help. I've, I'm on the countertops. You know, I have a newborn baby or like we have 13 kids or neighbors, all the people are in our house or we're on trapped on the second.
um, I kept reading all these responses as if I was reading like 911 dispatch, right? And oh, I'm like, that's I, crazy. Have to, I have to do something and I'm trapped in my home. And so I um, wrote down everybody who needed help. And then I wrote, and then I put on Facebook and in 2017, Facebook had just launched like where you could put the red or purple or whatever image behind your words. And so I put in red and white, like emergency, like we need boats in Houston who has a boat, send them, you know, let me know. And so I had friends, you know, Facebook, social media, you have friends all over the place. So I had friends in other Texas cities around Dallas, San Antonio, um, even Louisiana. They had, they were like, my brother has a boat. I have a boat We're I'm sending my, you know, my, my uncle, um, give me your number. They're coming your way. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so then I had this person from Louisiana contact me through messenger. You know, they don't know me. They're just like, I heard you need boats. We're coming. Mm -hmm. And I had a whole fishing team come from Louisiana. They all were coming to me and I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, so I finally got through to the police through the fire marshal. And at like one in the morning, I'm like, all right, I got this list of people who need help because nobody could get through to the police. So 911 was broken. And I said, I got all these boats. They're like, I'm sorry, man, we can't take any of your information. I'm like, no, no, no. I have all these victims and I have all these people who were ready to help because your policemen need people to help in boats because yeah. no car could get to the, no huge monster truck could get to these people in their homes. So I formed my own, um, after they told me no, which was a big lesson. I'm writing a book about, you know, overcoming when people tell you no, mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah, have that's, it in your heart to do that, it. <laughs> that's huge. In a, when you have your own business, I'm, I'm yes. starting to realize at a young age for sure. Exactly. So my first lesson in my book is identify the problem. The problem was we need boats. The second lesson is have a burning desire to fix the problem. If you like, don't care about fixing a problem, then you're not going to fix it. Like if you want to quit smoking or whatever, like, you know, if you don't have a desire to, if you don't find like a true desire to change something, you're not going to change. So my burning desire was like, I kept seeing all these people crying for help. And I'm like, I have to do something. And number three, don't take no for an answer. So I was like, all right, well, cool. Well, um, I'll do it. You know, I'm like, yeah. I'll, okay. So here, this boater was coming from Austin. I was like, you need to go over to this, you know, neighborhood. And then I have these addresses you need to go to. And then this guy was coming from this structure. I was like, okay, now you go that way. And I have this. And so then my fourth thing, my tip is um, form the team. I could not do all this myself. I mean, it was, it was too overwhelming. I didn't know our zip codes. I didn't know how to do all this. And so, um, I mean, I was just getting overwhelmed and I had, at this point I was up for two days straight, just taking in calls. Like my post got shared so many times and I became this person that knew voters and how to help and how to connect people that I, I was like this big contact in our city now on somebody who could help. And so um, I was in all these different neighborhood groups. So I was helping in the neighborhood near me. Then I got called over to this neighborhood, then in this city, and then in this city, to this city. So we were dispatching boats all over. We had, I don't know if you heard about the Cajun Navy, we were working with the Cajun Navy mm. and all these people. We had DEA from Colorado that we were working with. It was really cool. Um, so yeah, so form the team. We formed our team and we got uh, helped a lot more people because we didn't try to do it all by ourselves. So I'd say to any person starting a business, you need to you know, seek out the experts, get help, find people who know more than you and team up with them or ask them to be your mentor or whatever. Like, don't try to do it all by yourself. Okay. And then number five is take action. Like none of this matters if like, you're not actually going to do something about it. Like, you know, if, if you're not actually going to help or send help or stick to your word or show up, man, it's going to matter. So 
that was really big for me. That's where I think like it unlocked in me this, this urge to like help people and do bigger things. And um, so now my mission is my big passion is to help in disaster relief because after Houston, then there was all, that whole year, there were more hurricanes that came and they hit, um, they kept going east and hitting more cities and states and then with the next hurricane and then Puerto Rico happened and um, we were sending airplanes with supplies and I was like, they were like, oh, Carrie, she knows what to do. And I'm like, I don't know anything about Puerto Rico. And they're like, yeah. and I was like, but you know, I, I guess I could like try to get some supplies to put on mm -hmm. the airplanes that millionaires are sending to, you know, to Puerto Rico to like this other area where they were like, we were getting in where the government couldn't get in because the government has red tape. When you do something on your own, it's just like starting a business. Like you can start whatever you want because even though somebody else has done it, you can do it your own way because mm -hmm. you're not going to have all the red tape and all that, like that's involved in, you know, you can make your own rules sometimes. Yeah, so yeah. anyways, we were getting into areas where other people couldn't get in and um, getting help to the communities and food and medical supplies and stuff. So then the wildfires hit and all that. Anyways, I had to get out of disaster relief a little bit because I was going crazy with it. And that's all I wanted to do and is help people that that sound bad, but I had a family and had all that. And so event, so finally this friend came to me with, um, like as a thank you for helping the city with a bottle of wine. She's like, by the way, I just started this business. Um, it's brand new, it just launched. And so I was like, I didn't get into this for the wine, especially because I wasn't like a huge wine drinker, but you know, when you have an entrepreneurial mindset, um, you see something that looks like, and looks like money, smells like money. Like you're like, that's going to be big. Um, that's how this was. And I'm like, okay, it's not just wine, but it's like in the organic industry where every Netflix documentary I was watching at the time was all about like sugar and all the chemicals and mm -hmm. stuff and America getting fatter and this and that. And so this was a healthier wine that was all grown organically and that they lab tested to make sure there weren't any chemicals in it because majority of the wines you drink. And this goes for like products we consume, like stuff like we put on our hair and body, like chemicals and additives and stuff you can't pronounce, right? Like they, yeah. any health expert will tell you to just eat food where you read the label and you can pronounce the ingredients, right? Well, mm -hmm. with wine, the FDA doesn't regulate what goes in wine here in the US. And so um, they're adding like over 250 different chemicals to keep it smelling the same, looking the same, tasting the same, all of that. Yeah. It's all like Willy Wonka. Which is not good. For wine. It's not <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. And so if you go to Europe, it's just grapes and like a little bit of sulfites. That's it. And so that's why it's like beautiful, it tastes better, it's yeah. cheaper, all that. So I got into wine. That business blew up like really well. Um, it's still going great, especially with the pandemic. It's all e-commerce and it's all online. And um, I was doing wine tastings in person and now we've moved to all virtual. And so since I made that shift um, and we just like our business like quadrupled. Um, wow, that's awesome. Through, through the through the pandemic, because guess what? People drink in the good times and the bad. <laughs> so oh, I know. That's, like, that's, that's true for sure. Yeah. And several times through my wine journey, I've, I've stopped drinking for productivity for different reasons or just, you know, and so yeah. I tell people, you don't have to drink wine to sell wine. You know, it's like with, with any, I don't know, it's like some with, I don't know, it probably sounds terrible, but with like in movies, they talk about with dealers, it's like, you don't tap into your own supply. You know, the, the best <laughs> ones are the ones that don't do the drugs no. that they sell or whatever. Oh yeah, no, that's true. So are you, so do you own it 
all now or are you co-owning it with someone? So no, no, no. So this ended up being, um, it ended up being one of like a direct sales company, but I was like, which is like, we, we have the company itself, the, right. the, the owner, and then we're like contractors. We're like independent contractors of the okay. company. So I own my own independent business apart yeah. from that they supply they have the um the licensing for the alcohol so i didn't have to go and get like a like an alcohol license and and i don't wow. we don't technically sell it we just market it yeah. because it's all the purchaser purchases are made through that, through that company and then we get commissions for That's smart. selling it so and, and then i don't have to hold inventory it just ships direct to the consumer you know so direct sales ships directly from the warehouses uh, to the customer. So I don't have to deal with the product, which is great for through COVID and stuff. Oh, that makes and, um, it so much easier. I mean, if you're probably relating back to the food industry. You're like, yeah, because that is a lot to do all that when you can have yes. a supplier go through that. So, and you know, people have a stigma against direct sales or like it's network marketing or multi-level marketing. And it's, it's not illegal. It's not a pyramid scheme or whatever. It's, it's essentially, we have a product so when you don't have a product, it's illegal. It's like it's a scheme. Yeah. So we have an actual product. And then yes, like I can train and bring on anybody who wants to sell it as well or market it as well. Um, and then I train them and then I get a cut off what they make. So that happens really with, I mean, realtors do that. You know, they bring a, a team of realtors in and then the 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 head realtor, I guess, trains these other realtors in real estate. And if they sell a house, they get a cut of it, right? So it's essentially... I look at it as the same way. And so I have a team of, of people I train to sell or to market wine. And now I'm teaching them kind of how to incorporate it into their um, online business. So yeah. when you see these influencers who are on Instagram or uh, TikTok or whatever, and they have a link tree and they have an Amazon storefront, they've got like my favorite beauty products. And then they've got, you know, a discount code for this coffee and whatever they are affiliates right and so this is essentially the same thing for the wine they're going to have a wine affiliate link and so that's where i'm doing a lot of of work on social media it's finding people who might want to be an affiliate to to market the wine like on tiktok there's some hilarious wine videos and i'm making them as well that's and then awesome. um, people can click on my link and then they want to buy organic wine and they buy it for me and that's it so that's where my business um, kind of transition went. And then I realized like, I don't want to just market the wine. It's like not my passion product. I love it. It's the most beautiful, like the, the founder is just has a great integrity and she's does so well by all of us, by our farmers who farm the wine, by the environment, everything is hundred percent recycle curbside recyclable. I love the company, but I want something of my own. Yeah. And then that can make me money on the side. Right. Or it, it's actually making me big money, but like, I want to have ownership of what I'm passionate about. And so just at the end of 2020, I did a lot of work to really pull it out of me. Like what would, and this is what somebody asked, asked me and what I asked my team. And when I ask your listeners, it's like, what is it that somebody can call you and you talk their ear off for two hours about like, what yeah. is that thing? And for me, it's social media. Like I can talk all day about social media and relief work and, you know, nonprofit stuff. So I merged those two. For other people, it might be, I had a girl comment in one of my videos. I was in my pantry and I was doing like a wine video and she commented, she was like, can I please come over and organize your pantry? And like, 
and I was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, I love to organize. Like, it's wow. just like her, like passion. Right. No, it's and awesome then some people her. it's teaching. Yeah. Some yeah. people it's dogs, whatever, yeah. fishing, anything. You can make a business out of anything. Now you can make an online course, you can oh, teach no, I people, love whatever. I love it. Yeah. And so I'm like, so I'm like, go with what your passion is figure out like you can find people or coaches to help you brand that pit package it up like even with this social media thing i'm doing yo guys thank you so much for listening to this episode today hopefully you've taken some sort of value away from it and if you feel like you need to share it to anyone please do that that would mean a lot to me also do not be afraid to rate and subscribe to the podcast because that helps out the podcast so more people can listen to it know your purpose pursue your passion and most importantly just like a cup of coffee enjoy the process Till next time.